The DFL Agenda is made possible with generous philanthropic contributions from listeners like you. Today's episode is brought to you by the Non-Profiti Partners Organization and Kyle's Cargo for Kids. Thank you for supporting the DFL and our analysis. And now, back to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition post-trade podcast hosted by Randall David, a.k.a. the Podfather, no longer Randall Bama, joined by GM Kyle Whitney and Andrew Profiti. How are you guys today? Great to be here, Randall, as always. Uh, happy happy to go and uh, sort of discuss, I guess, the flurry of activity over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely uh, excited to talk about this and uh, see what you guys think and, uh, you know, have the listeners, uh, you know, enjoy. Yeah. Scale of one to ten, how shook are you after the last, since our last pod in terms of how much change has happened? Because a lot has happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I think a lot's an understatement. Um, you know, I, I'm... I'm always super happy to just to continue to see the parity that we have in this league. Um, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm very, very excited to see what happens down the stretch. Um, you know, we've got all the way down to the 14th place team sitting at four and five and possibly just one game out of the playoffs currently. Um, so, you know, that's always very, very exciting. Um you know, there's been a ton of movement in terms of teams loading up um, for a potential playoff run, um, which we'll get into in in much more detail down the road. But man, like like I said, I just I can't get over how uh, how deep this league is this year, um, how tight this league is this year, and um, and I'm looking forward to see like how a season that's this tight and this close will sort of affect uh, moves down the road. Yeah, yeah, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I know. I think Profiti hit it right in the head. Uh, you know, there was a lot of movement. Uh, you know, coming over to Sleep Wrap, uh, it really helped us. Uh, you know, just be able to have that flexibility to be able to move picks. You know, one, two, three years down the road, and yeah, teams loaded up and are looking uh, to make that playoff push. Uh, and then it helps out the teams at the bottom too, right? Uh, they're looking for the future. They want to load up in draft picks. Uh, they want to, you know, build for the future and hopefully be uh, in a playoff spot maybe a year, two years down the road. So I think it helps out everyone uh, moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, like, yeah, a lot of – there's been a lot of activity in our league. And I, I got to say, like, this is probably one of the years where I feel like there's been <clears> – <throat> a lot of movement and like as you say Andrew like just a lot of parity and a lot of people feel like they have a chance to make a run and make a you know make a push so they are putting their chips in you know you got teams that are tired of losing and teams are tired of being like 10th 11 12 like you're looking at the Buffalo Bills you're looking at the Indianapolis Colts you're looking at um teams like that the Green Bay Packers those are teams that have always been kind of on the outskirts looking in and now they're like holy shit like you know I'm kind of like knocking on the door for a playoff berth. So yep. let me put my put my chips in because I'm tired of losing. So, I mean, a lot of trades that went off in the last since our last pod, so we're just going to hammer right through them and, you know, 
give our quick insights. Some of them will spend more time than others. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, whatever insights you've got from our, you know, our, our lovely DFL sources, feel free. But since our last pod, we had, um, you know, that first trade that went down with um, Seattle uh, acquiring Andy Dalton and just, you know, flipping a fourth to Chicago. And um, he was eventually moved again. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if we want to go um, that route, the, the, the net trade um, is uh, Seattle's 2023 third goes to Chicago. Seattle mm-hmm. acquires Cleveland's 2023 eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moves its ninth rounder out along with Andy Dalton to Las Vegas uh, for Kai Fairburn and Atlanta's fourth, which mm-hmm. uh, based on current standings, um, basically Seattle has netted uh, a presumptive um, move up in the fourth round, a kicker, and um, moving up from ninth round to the eighth round. Yep. So, um, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, but it's a, it's a sort of like an interesting little piece of business. Um, I think it's a neat little um, thing that Nick has done to be able to go and move up, you know, a few spots in the fourth round, as well as a, an entire round on the back end as well. So uh, here's my insider information for you on this. So I was talking to Nick and he was like, you know, when he, when he flipped Dalton for the fourth round pick, you know, one of the jokes that he was making was like, you know, <clears throat> This is before Jared Goff got moved <laughs> for the price that Steve paid, which we'll talk about later. But um, the moment that Nick made that move, like the like the Jared Goff market kind of like dried up really quick. But I feel good that like I made this deal and it kind of like reset this bullshit that we're paying like first round picks for these like scrub quarterbacks that are basically going to play like two games for us. So, and he's like, I, you know, the insider piece, he was like, you know, I, I don't want to see guys like, you know, the Christians of the world that somehow can still flip these bum guys for like, essentially like first, second round picks. Right. So that, that, that's my insider info there on that. Deal. And so I got insider info on the other end. Um, so me and, uh, the GM of Vegas, Christopher Sad, we got ourselves on a on a pretty intense uh, Zoom call. Um, mm-hmm. We're on video. We're whiteboarding things. It was getting real intense. Shit. Damn, it was getting real intense. So, you know, and we were sitting there. You know, what are we gonna do? And he was like, "What am I gonna do to better my team?" And I guess he got a little taste with having Malik Willis. And I don't know what Malik Willis's numbers, so maybe it's a taste of terrible numbers. Or maybe it was a taste of good numbers, but he did really feel he needed to to upgrade in the uh, OP position. Uh, he wanted to get a quarterback. Uh, he started kind of sniffing around, and I'm not going to divulge who he was sniffing with, but the prices were astronomical, and he didn't feel comfortable paying those prices. Uh, so he started going for the low hanging fruit. Uh, reached out for a couple of uh, the players that he felt were available. Uh, reached out to Nick, who's contending. 
uh, asked me what I thought about Andy Dalton. And I'm like, hey, man, it doesn't look like he's losing the job anytime soon because it looks like they're playing quite well underneath him. Uh, it seems like that system works. But I'm like, isn't Nick contending? And then he quickly was like, dude, he has Mahomes in fields. He doesn't need Dalton. I'm like, okay, fair enough. I'm like, well, I'm like, as long as you're not going to overpay and you pay a fair price, um, you know, I say you do it. What do you got to lose? You're trying to make a push right now. And uh, shortly thereafter, after mentioning, you know, what he felt comfortable in giving up in terms of draft picks, uh, the deal was made and I think it uh, made Chris, uh, you know, have that OP position kind of solidified and, and, you know, moving forward as a contender in the league. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's the other thing too, like Nick's, he's a pretty good GM too. Like he, I mean, we talked about this a lot in the last pod where he had a deal that was in place, but in good faith, like he maintained whatever the pre arrangement was and didn't want to like negotiate further because of another conflicting deal. He just kind of went, went through with it. And yeah, like, you know, I, I thought it was great for Saad and, um, you know, it was good. But um, the, the, the next trade that I really wanted to talk about was really, um, you know, Cleveland actually kind of like really buying into the let's blow it up here and giving away Chris Godwin and acquiring um, Garrett Wilson from Indy. You know, I got to say, love the trade um, for Max, actually. I, I really think that, like, I really like Godwin, to be quite honest. But Godwin's kind of like one of those guys where, like, I don't know, like, he kind of reminds me of, like, uh, one of those receivers that, like, just will always be, like, questionable or some shit like that. He may not be hurt, but it's, like, one of those things where you're going to have to kind of figure out. But, you know, he wasn't in Max's long-term plans of, like, competing, let alone, you know, getting out of the getting out of the, the, the seller, if you will. And so I thought it was great. You know, you got Garrett Wilson. I mean, yeah, Indy paid a little bit extra for it. And I mean that's the premium. And good on Max for like cashing in on that. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm a big fan of the like uh you know I think I think if we were looking at this trade, you know, a, a year from now or two years from now, um you know, I think Wilson for Godwin straight up, Max wins this trade. Um, I I fully believe in Wilson's talent. Um, I think I think when it's all said and done, I know Drake London was the first wide receiver selected in the draft this year, but Garrett Wilson might actually be the most talented receiver in this draft. Um, you know, the guy's got straight line speed. He's got you know he, he's explosive on the field. Um, he's making all kinds of circus catches because let's face it, Zach Wilson can't throw a football accurately to save his life. And, you know, if, if the jets um, have any hope of being competitive for the next two, three, four or five, however many years down the road, Garrett Wilson is a hundred percent part of those plans um, for, for, for Wallace and Indy. I mean, uh, you know, I, I've been talking to him a bunch lately Um I'm very much supportive of his uh, of his push for the playoffs. I remember him saying to me about a you know a month ago or whenever it was, you know he thought he was just a couple moves away from making a real run in this league. Yep, uh, he's you did made, say that on last I, I think yeah, which I think I did say two weeks ago. You know, and and he's backed that up um, in every single way. 
Um, you know, for this season specifically, I do like Godwin as a, as a piece for him. I mean, um, you know, he is not the most explosive receiver on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he is certainly the most consistent. And he definitely has a very high volume floor, um, which I think is very nice to have, like uh, just in terms of, um, I guess, being able to project out what his um, what his output will be sort of week to week. And to do that for, you know, a first rounder as well for a third, like I think that's a great flip too. It's not, you know, it's not like a first for an 11th round pick. Um, so he still was able to sort of um, take back some draft capital as well that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Because I was going to say, like, for me, I give the dub to uh, Cleveland on that one. I, I understand. I know where Mark's coming from, and I know he's he's trying to compete and wanted to have, like, tired of, like, not being a non-playoff team. But I give that dub to Cleveland because, you know, his team's bad. He needed to, <laughs> he needed, he needed to get rid of, like, his aging or like his core that was not going to help him compete. Yeah. So that's why I give him the dub there. You got a nice pick, got a nice young receiver prospect. Even if it doesn't pan out, whatever. At least he did something. He didn't let Julio Jones go to the front office. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Wilson sort of like lines up with what his timeline probably hopes to be as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, you know, we could, we always like to say who wins and loses on deals uh, based on blue chippers and draft compensation. And, and I think, you know, yes, Max is getting a young in our league. He was a first round pick wide receiver. Uh, I forget what the pick was, but I think it was, you know, obviously in the top 10 uh, and he gets a two. So basically he gets two first round draft picks, but Mark Wallace and I commend him, and and I definitely respect this about him and and the way that he moves is that he's he doesn't want to just settle for like waiting until next year, waiting until next year. He yeah. felt like his team could make a push right now. He he felt this even when when uh, Etienne wasn't the lead back there, and and with Wilson struggling, and yeah. and that's something that I got to give him props because you know some guys in the league will settle for just finishing 500 and, and look until next year. Uh, he did not want to do that. He felt that he had the core. And I think Godwin, you know, he's on a team with one of the best quarterbacks that's ever breathed uh, the air on this earth. Uh, and, you know, he's going to be able to put up some numbers for him that, you know, Garrett Wilson wasn't really putting up for him at the time. So for him, he expended – a prospect wide receiver, a first round pick to get production from that position immediately because Godwin does produce, whether it be, you know, 12 to 17 points on a good day to over 20 on a, on a great day. So I think for Mark Wallace and the way that he's thinking, yes, I, I think that's a W for him. I think it's a W for Max, but I do think that because he's giving that elite prospect that I know from his negotiations that this was the deal that needed to be made to be, to happen. Uh, I personally would think that a second maybe would have done it with that elite wide receiver, Uh, maybe change the third to a fourth. I don't know, but uh, that's where I find trouble with it just because you know, you're giving up a first round draft pick in Garrett Wilson, and then your first as well. Like that's heavy for Godwin, who you know, yeah, he's on the Bucks, and 
is he the wide receiver one there? Because the last time I remember, uh, Mike Evans is still on that team. Yeah, so. Mike Evans is kind of like the big kind of red zone target kind of dude. Um, I mean, as a Pats fan, or not as a Pats, as a Brady fan, rather. Jeez, I still mix that shit up sometimes. <laughs> but like as a as a Brady fan, like yeah, like um, you know, there's you can see like Godwin is still kind of coming back from the ACL injury. And you know, the other thing I got to give mad props to Walls too. So Mark, if you're listening, you know, the other part I got to give you props to, like going back from last year when you had your three first round picks and you took Michael Carter, you took Justin Fields. You took Travis Etienne, and people were like, oh, this is some stupid shit. You should have taken Najee Harris instead of Justin Fields. Yeah, you flipped you flipped um, Justin Fields, and you, you were able to acquire Saquon and Russell Wilson, and you took the chance. And even though Russell Wilson has been subpar and Saquon has, like, been as advertised, he's not, quote-unquote, just the guy, as uh, some people in our league have kind of uh, alluded to, you know, Wallace has kind of leaned into it. He's like, you know what? Like I've put my, chi- I've pushed my chips in. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep making deals and it is what it is, you know? And I, that's where I really respect that because, you know, it is pretty hard. Like when you have a trade, you're like, damn, like, you're like, holy shit. Like I gave away Justin Fields for like, basically like Russell Wilson's carcass <laughs> in <laughs> Denver. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's still making moves. And I think that's like one of the most important lessons that you get out of this too, that even though like you lose some trades here and there, you just got to keep, you got to keep making deals. And like the fine balance is like, when do you get to the point where it's like, it's one deal too many. Cause sometimes that happens in our league where you make one deal too many and then your team fucking sucks for the next little while. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I give mad props to, to Wallace on that. But now looking at this other trade here that kind of unfolded, got to say, you know, would you look at that? Juju got moved. (laughs) So, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to see Juju get flipped for a fourth rounder and then, uh, well, coupled with Isaiah Likely in a second, uh, for a second. I mean, you know, um, we all know that Juju is really only worth a fourth rounder in this league. So, like, this is a perfectly reasonable trade. Um, you know, Isaiah likely being moved for, uh, for a second and Donovan <coughs> Jones, uh, very, very reasonable for, for, you know, Mark Andrews backup while he's injured, very, very productive in those weeks. Um, you know, in case you haven't noticed, no, I'm not rolling over. Juju is still fucking shit. I'm sorry. I'm not going to stop admitting that. Like, I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to change my mind on that. That TikToking shit can go and fucking get out of here. <laughs> Jackson yeah, Mahomes, man. it's a Jackson Mahomes effect. Yeah, you know this. Yeah, I think it's a great trade uh, on both ends. Baltimore getting some picks to uh, stock the cupboards. Uh, Juju, you know, for all the chirping that we did on him, and and Profiti's still uh, large hate for him. I'm not a big fan, but I can see that he has produced in KC. So I'll tip my cap to that. Uh, it just adds a little bit of depth for Steve who lost Jamar Chase and saw that he needed a little bit of help in his wide receiver room. And Mark Andrews, you know, got injured, didn't know how long that was going to be. So he got his backup, which I think is really smart and covers uh, the Dolphins' butt as he needs to make the playoffs. I think he needs to make that push and he sees that. If he wants to defend his, cha- if he wants to defend his championship, he's going to have to make some moves. So I like the move too. Personally, I also like Isaiah Likely as a prospect in general. So, I mean, 
he won't meet diamond keeper status in our league because he's played enough and he's had enough snaps and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're still figuring out the rules around that, which we'll, we'll deal with that in the off season. But I mean, I, I still like the deal for both teams and I'm actually impressed that like fucking like Andrew, like your brother actually traded away a Baltimore player. <laughs> like, fuck. Like I thought this guy wants to run a full on like Ravens lineup here in fantasy and truly be the Ravens. He actually moved a Ravens player. So uh, while this trade was happening, um, there there was uh, another negotiation that was sort of ongoing with him, mm-hmm. uh, involving my brother with with another GM um, that later acquired a Pat Fryer move. Um, so I mean, you know, um, so th- uh, there was um, I think a bit of uh, back and forth on pricing um, that became a bit a bit of a holdup. So this sort of came out of it. Um, again, Isaiah likely is still the second tight end in Baltimore. Um, but for as long as Mark Andrews is his, his health is in question. Um, you know, and, and Steve is the owner of Mark Andrews. Um, I feel like I don't need to remind anybody of that, but, um, mm-hmm. Isaiah likely has a fill in for a like for like fill in in that offense. Um, you know, it's very, very helpful for him. Uh, a, a guy that I actually really like in that trade and want to highlight is Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, You're you know, a big I know, I know, I know he's into, I believe it's his third year, if I remember correctly. Um, but, you know, very athletic player, um, very high skill player. Um, you know, he's a great deep threat complement to, uh, to Amari Cooper in Cleveland. He's been getting an ever increasing workload in Cleveland as the years progressed. Um, so you know, I think I think he might be a player to watch for um, in the back half of back half of the season. Um, you know, not going to say that he's going to be a superstar necessarily, but could be a very very useful player um, in the coming years for for somebody's team. Yeah, it's a, it's a dart. It's a, it, you just take a dart on these players, right? You're just like, all right, let's go for it. So, like speaking of darts, um, you know, the next trade that kind of went down was uh, when I spoke with Cardick and I acquired. Um, Jacoby Myers, like, forget the picks. But essentially, long you story s- short. You sent uh, you sent your third, your sixth, and the 2024 mm-hmm. uh, third, and you gave up, and you got back uh, seventh, eighth, and fifth in 2024. Yes, that's right. Essentially, like, basically, um, long story short, my mindset on that trade was, I was facing Vince that week. I had a player, I had, you know, Brandon Cooks was not playing because he was not fucking suiting up for Houston that week. So I was like, I need a receiver. Keenan Allen was hurt. So I was like, he's not, I don't know if he was hurt. He was on by. It doesn't matter. He's just not available. And I was looking for like a receiver, like, you know, wide receiver two kind of player that I could get for like a reasonable price that wasn't going to be like, oh my God, I need a second or a first. I just was like, okay, I just want to see if I could beat Vince this week and just kind of get over the hump and kind of reevaluate. And then, you know, I also recognize that Jacoby Myers is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. And, you know, the free agent market for wide receivers upcoming offseason is pretty shallow. And, you know, it could end up being like a Christian Kirk type of situation where he goes to some random team and he ends up being good, fantasy-wise good. So he might be like the, the ugly, like, top 15 kind of receiver. So that's why I ended up making that trigger on that. So it was kind of a combination of, yeah, you know, I wanted to see if I could compete for another week. And then I also wanted to see, um, to do something that was not going to 
fully like blow up my top picks. And I thought Jacoby Myers was a good pick. So I ended up losing anyways. So it didn't matter. But uh, I guess I still got Jacoby Myers on my roster. So I guess I, I have a, a chipper anyways. So, but yeah. And then we got the other interesting one. So the Makija brothers, there was a little bit of a swap there at CEH because Cardick, the other thing too is that like, I guess the other insider piece was that Cardick was, once he was like in 10th place, he was like full on fire sale. He was like, everybody's on the table, you know? And so it, once I kind of got wind of that, I was like, all right, I'm going to ask about Jacoby Myers. I was going to be like, hey, what's your asking price on like DJ Moore? Because I know it's going to be a high asking price. So, you know, you kind of like, get a feel for what you're going to be willing to, to trade up or trade or what picks you're willing to trade away or what assets you're willing to trade away. So, but yeah, so with the uh, CEH trade, I got to say like Nick's been trying to do this carousel running, he's been doing this carousel running back thing for the last couple of years and he's been successful. I got to say like, you know, Kenny, like he's had James Robinson, he's had Jeff Wilson Jr. He's had all these fucking random, like, he had like you know Salvon Ahmed like one like for a couple weeks that was his running back like he just he doesn't really like especially when he had Saquon being hurt and then he traded away Saquon so he's been constantly looking for that kind of like receive uh, not receiver running back to kind of fill in that gap and you know maybe he sees something in CH um, I like CH um, I just don't think Kansas City's using him properly for I... fantasy purposes. I uh, I actually reached out to uh, the Chargers and I asked him about CEH and he's like, you know, let, let me let you know once like, you know, he kind of like figured out where he was standing. And I got to say, he's he's a man of his word. He reached out to me. He said that he had an offer on the table. Uh, he didn't tell me who, uh, but he said that this is what the asking price was. I thought that it was a you know a very respectful move and and something that I think everyone should do, especially when you're negotiating with multiple GMs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I basically was like, hey, let me look into it. And at the time, I was kind of like gauging if I wanted to get a, another running back. And you know, I looked at Ceh, I saw that he got demoted. The rookie there, uh, I think his name is Pacheco. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it looks like he's getting a, a little bit more of the snaps. So I was like, ah, I don't know, like you know, I don't want to get this guy, and he's going to be not productive at all. So mm-hmm. I, I decided to pass. I told him thanks for reaching out, but you know what? Uh, I'm going to pass. He ended up making the deal with his brother, and for me. Yeah, I don't think they're utilizing him enough. I think that in his last couple of years there, like there's times where he's looked really good and there's times where he looks really bad or he looks invisible altogether. And uh, for me, I just couldn't roll the dice on that. Uh, Just not right now. So uh, I think it's a good move because he also gets a really good linebacker in Kendricks. Uh, That solidifies one of his uh, defensive positions. And, uh, you know, he's been, like you said, the carousel is going round and round. And uh, whatever, whenever it hits the hot button, he, he knows who to put in there. Yep, yep. And it makes you wonder, too, like, even with, like, as, as Cardick is a big Chargers fan, and, you know, because there was so much hype with CEH going to Kansas City, you know, what a difference it would have made if he ended up picking Herbert instead. Because, you know, like, as a Chargers fan, you'd be like, you take Herbert. You know, like, this is, this is like, your your hometown. Like, it's your guy. You know, you go for it. But he ended up taking CEH and, you know, Profiti ended up being uh, the, uh, one of the 
dynasty type quarterback prospects that are and, so and, rare and very to find. Thankful he did. Very, <laughs> very thankful. Yeah, I mean, although Patula was hoping, you know, you know, he had his he had his own theory. No, so no, Patula was ecstatic that he got Tua. I think I yep. think that was. The- although now we can say that Tua is actually showing up. And I think it's because he's got, right. you know, a good coach in Mike McDaniel. He's got good weapons. So, you know, two is showing is showing his yeah. showing his stripes. It, it only took Mike McDaniel and Tyreek Hill, but but he's finally turning into a real quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And Jalen Waddle. Forget Jalen Waddle too. <laughs> Jalen Waddle was there before those two guys. I'm sorry. But uh, Oh really? I thought I thought I thought um I thought two was there first. No, two, was... like two, two was there. They got Jalen Waddle the next year as a rookie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen Waddle yeah. set the rookie record for receptions, I believe, if I remember mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah. in that offseason, because the, the Dolphins need to figure out what they have with Tua, they got Tyreek Hill to go and uh, help him out. Yeah. And, and surprise, the best wide receiver in the NFL is make them look good. Yep. I mean, they're both kind of the same type of player. So you just run down the field, get open. And you go from there, but yeah. Anyway, and then we got we got Justin acquiring a Fryermuth from Chicago, and uh, he got uh, was it uh, the linebacker Warner? That's right. Yeah. Um, yep. Total trade is uh, Fred Warner, Pat Fryermuth, twenty twenty three eleventh rounder, twenty twenty four eleventh rounder from Chicago, going to the Giants to uh, to Pat and the Chicago Bears, Bobby Trees, um, Singleton. 2023 fourth and a 2024 third from the New York Giants um, the other way. Um, you know, I know Justin has uh, was, was looking for a tight end. I, I heard the grapevine from a couple GMs that he was looking um, before this trade got uh, went through. Um, I was told um, that he thought the asking prices from certain GMs was absurd. Um... I mean, look, I'm not going to tell people how to negotiate. I'm not going to tell people how to manage their team and their assets. Um, but what I will say is trying to, uh, you know, messaging somebody 30 times and trying to convince them that they're stupid is not the best way to negotiate with people, Justin. Maybe you should take that into consideration next time you want to talk to somebody. Oh, shit. Um, and, and, that's, and that's not from one GM. That's from multiple GMs as a result of that trade. So, you know, I know that Justin likes to complain a lot about the J-Rod tax, but maybe when you negotiate in bad faith with people, you get taxed a little bit. And you know what's um, kind of funny, too? Like, everyone thought that J-Rod, like, J-Rod thought the J-Rod tax was because he was the GM of, or he was commissioner of the league. Now he's... He is, I don't even know what he is. Let's, we'll, we'll call him like, uh, I don't know, the interim. He's Justin. He de is. Facto. Yeah. He, he is yeah. like, he's still the face of the league, even though he's not commissioner or whatever his title is. But he's, he's still facing that tax. And I think it's because collectively, we've all seen some of the, the moves that he's made over the years. And yeah, there's a little bit of like the, um, you know, it's, we've listen, seen the police happening. Listen. He's one of the best teams. He's one of the best teams that has ever been in this league. Mm-hmm. Okay. His, I think he's still underneath 20 losses in a, what mm-hmm. are we over 15 years or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Listen, I, I get it, Justin. You know, you, you get tag team from people here and there. You know, a lot of people in this league, you got a good team. I'm not going to go 
to the best team in the world and be like, hey, buddy, I hope you kick my ass. Hey, buddy, I hope you get the best players in the league so that you can just dominate. That's just not how it works. I want the teams that are good to have bad luck, and I want them to be terrible and lose deals. That's how I want it because that's just how everyone should want it. You don't want the good teams to be even better because then you'll never win. Yep. But on his deal here, he negotiated with Pat. I think it's a good deal for him because he had that hole because Irv Smith got injured. Uh, I don't think he paid any kind of ridiculous J-Rod tax. I think this was a fair deal. Um, you know, I actually was approached about Friermuth, and I was asked for Najoku and I believe a similar pick in return. And, and for me, I didn't want to give up Najoku uh, along with the pick. The pick maybe, but uh, that's what turned me off. And then when I saw this deal go through, I was like, damn, I wish I could have done this deal, but... You know, that's what happens when I don't do a follow-up with Pat. And uh, Justin got the player that he wanted, and his team is better off for it. Yeah. I mean, oh, like yeah. I said, in a back, I have no, no issue with the trade. Um, Kyle, Kyle's pulling out know. the world's smallest – Kyle's pulling out the world's smallest violin here. Be like, boo-hoo, Justin. Oh, no, my team's, uh, like, again, going to be 10-1, and one. <laughs> you know, this one season. My team is 312 all, all time. Like, guys, <laughs> why, don't, why don't you love me? Love me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, uh, again, like I said, in a vacuum, it's, it's a fine trade. Um, I, I have nothing against uh, Pat Frymuth as a player. Um, oh, I have a lot against the Pittsburgh Steelers offense as a unit. Um, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of where that team, unfortunately, is in its cycle in terms of building anything. Um, and I say that with the utmost amount of regret as a fan. Um, but you know, I mean, that offensive line sucks um, it, to the point where they they can't really run the football anymore. Um, that said, Fryermuth is a great uh, check down safety blanket, whether it's Mitch or um, Pickett, that is the quarterback or anybody yep. else that may show up down the road. Um, you know, the Steelers have a history of game planning to throw and use their, their, um, their tight ends as a, as a hot receiver or check down. So, you know what, and, and dating back all the way to Heath Miller. So, you know what, um, great get, like good get, great get. Um, I think, I think he's a very useful, uh, useful piece for any sort of a title run. And, and yeah. And I honestly think like, you know, we'll talk about this later, but I, I like Primers as a tight end. You know, I was pretty disappointed when I found out that fucking Pat picked him up of waivers last year in August for like a dollar or whatever it was. So the fact that he was able to pick up essentially like a post-draft player and man to turn to picks is great. But I know Kyle, you've talked about this with me before is that like, you know, where do you where, where do you draw the line where you're just accumulating too many picks and you're still not making, you know, the jump up in the standing? If you're just still kind of ling like lingering around that 13th to 16th spot, is it like, you know, I guess you just got to keep just throwing darts at um, to hopefully get that kind of guy. But yeah, yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, just to sort of like close the book on this, because I really don't feel like talking about Justin more than I have to. <laughs> um, but like Justin, friend to friend, 
people in this league have long memories and they may not remember specifically the negotiations that you had with them, but they will remember how you made them feel. And there may not be a J-Rod tax because your team is good, but there probably is a J-Rod tax because you make people feel like shit. So please, for your own sake, if you want to have good-natured negotiations with people and good relationships with people in this league, you know, may, maybe maybe try to be, you know, a little bit more tactful in, uh, in future. Anyway, moving on. Um, you know, we have uh, a handful of um, sort of, I don't want to call them minor trades, but trades involving, uh, you know, kickers and defensive players. Um, you get Green Bay acquiring the Honey Badger and Will Lutz. You get Dallas acquiring Elliott and $25 in Fab. You get Dallas requiring Bolton. Um, you know, and then uh, Jacksonville gets Latavius Murray and Brett Maher in one of those trades. Uh, a handful of sort of like mid-round, fourth, fifth, sixth-round picks. Um, getting bounced around in between. Um, nothing really sort of revolutionary there to sort of talk about per se. Um, you know, I, I think everybody did a good job. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I just kind of like run, it's kind of like run of the mill deals. It's like, yeah, you know what? You, you know, people make the little moves here and there. Like those are always kind of like, you know, there's always those fringe trades that come up throughout the year. So, or, or how about this? I, I made a couple of these said defensive trades and, I'm sitting there like, oh, man, yeah, I got these defensive trades. I was feeling like a million bucks sitting there like, hey, my defense is looking nice. And then uh, all of a sudden, and I'll let the uh, the pod father take it from there. <laughs> so, before, yeah, I was going to say, before we even get to that, I mean, let's not lose sight of the fact that, like, you know, that whole Matt Ryan. So I, I, I'll give some insight on this. So when, before that deal went down, so Nick was like super ecstatic being like, you know, he's like, you know what? Like I was able to like use Andy Dalton as like a fourth round pick. And, you know, I kind of reset the market on the bullshit around like these quarterbacks are going to go for first and seconds and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, no one's going to trade much for Jared Goff. And during that time I was still in the go, like I was still contemplating about moving Brady and uh, I'll, I'll fill it in, in a little bit shortly afterwards. And then literally on the phone, <laughs> And Nick was like, fuck, are you fucking kidding me? Christian managed to move Jared Goff for this price. And then he was like, Steve, what are you doing, man? Steve, this is not good. You fell for Christian's tactics. <laughs> I mean, I got to say that, you know, it must have been tough for, for Steve to let go of Matt Ryan because I think Matt Ryan's been on his roster since he joined this league. So before he's tough to let go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's tough like when you let go of those kind of mainstays you just had on your team the whole way through. So Hey, hey listen, when when there's shit in the bed putting up like 5 points, I'm sure it wasn't that hard. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I think the 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 hiring of Jeff Saturday was the final straw on that one. Yeah. You know. But Yeah, we'll say we'll save that conversation another time you know Red is yeah. on the staff. But Red Wayne, yeah, like you got actual experience, but okay. Well, sorry, Jeff Saturday. But, let's, let's do that. But We're gone. I, I think this deal really, you know, Steve is going all in. Um, you know, you're giving up a, your first and second next year. I currently own his first this year. So he's going all in. He's currently four and five. So he's on the outside looking in. 
and he paid he paid the piper man like that's mm-hmm. that's a, that's a heavy deal he got a hundred and fab too which is always nice to play around with and two decent defenders but you know yep. jared goff a man that i drafted not too long ago uh you know thanks. you managed to, you, you managed to squeeze out a first on a christian yeah, your your first, so. which was like what pick sixteen twenty or to twenty, but anyways, uh, J- Jared Goff. Let's be honest now. the The Lions look like they're going to finish probably last or bottom two this year. They're going to be drafting a quarterback because they'd be stupid not to. So Jared Goff is is not long for this uh, for the for the Lions starting job and maybe a starting job period. Uh, I, I, I don't know if, you know, his production is going to be able to contribute enough, but, you know, I think that's a heavy price. Uh, I personally think, you know, but Hey, you know, every, every GM has their own plan and, you know, this is what Steve's is. He's going all in. Uh, but you got a lot of teams that are going all in. You got a lot of teams that are good at the top and, you know, is this going to be enough? And now, you know, without picks uh, to kind of play with, you're, this is the team that you got. This is the team that you're making the push with. And, you know, if you don't win, you know, you're basically looking until next year saying, what am I going to do? You're going to have to start selling off some key assets. So um, I think it's a win for Christian, obviously. You know, he continues to stockpile those firsts. Um, and may God have mercy on our souls. So, yep. I mean, we've been saying that for a couple of years, and I'm still going to hold on to that. I'm going to be like, you know what? As long as we keep Christian at bay, I'm good. I do not want to see another year where he's drafting, you know, Todd Gurley, Cam Newton, and fucking who's the other guy he drafted that year? Uh, Amari. Cooper. Amari, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to see that shit. I, I'm, I'm good. I, th- I think I think that's that's what we're what we're you know um, running headlong into though this offseason unfortunately. Um, that said, like, is it really is it really that impossible that Jared Goff is the like is is the starter next season in Detroit? I, I think he's going to be the starter, but he'll like, I'm def- not saying two years now, three years from now, but like. I think he's a starter, but I think his leash will be very short for whoever the quarterback that they draft is, which ironically probably be the quarterback that Christian's going to be drafting. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, f- fair enough. Oh, that's a bad mess. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I just, like I said, I, 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 I like Detroit's offense. I don't know. It, it looks... Like it's not, you know. Look, Detroit's still losing games left, right, and center, but that's because their their defense is just terrible. Um, they're playing you know, hard. They have, they're playing hard. They have like a, I think a top twelve to fifteen offense. Like it's not, you know, it's not spectacular, but it's certainly middling. Which when you're you know one of the worst teams in the NFL, mm-hmm. middling is good. Um, you know, if if Dan Campbell is back next year, like I don't even know if the move necessarily would be to draft a quarterback. Maybe it's to draft a, a tackle or, or defensive lineman or, you know, somebody like that, that can help sort of 
Well, they drafted Hutchinson last year, was it? Aiden Hutchinson? Yeah, yeah they, they drafted Hutchinson second and overall. They drafted other, they drafted other uh, Penny Sewell, was that? The... And they drafted Jameson Williams in the first round as well. They had, I think, two first-rounders, possibly yeah. three. So they, they, got, they got guys, yeah. So, you know, I mean, maybe the move is to draft an offensive. Like, if they go first overall, like, you know, whatever the top tackle is in the draft or whatever. Yeah. Um. You Dude, know, but they're going to be instead gonna... of Bryce Young or CJ Stroud if they're not like absolutely enamored with either guy. Uh, yeah. I think they're going to, there's no way that they're going to pass up on those two guys that are definitely in winning programs that are Heisman candidates. Um, you know, I just don't see it. Like, you're right. They could go defense, but I, they could also do that in the free agency. They can go and get a couple of guys uh, and solidify their D. And, and get a young quarterback that could be the, the star of the future. Because, man, I watched that Green Bay-Detroit game last week, and my God, it was just so boring. Uh, Jerry was not getting anything going out there. I don't know. Uh, it's just it's, it's tough for me to see, you know, just also ha- owning him and knowing what he does, um, seeing, you know, much of a future past uh, – you know, next year I think he'll, he'll probably halfway through be replaced, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think it was I think it was good on you know Carolina could be. I mean, although we have we have also seen this kind of flaw too when you have too many picks or too many top heavy picks rather, <clears throat> you end up finishing off in the fifth round and you're like shit. I'm dropping a linebacker in the third round because you know now you're not getting good value. But regardless, I mean, it's still a good deal and, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I know, um, you know, Christian was a big fan of Bayard because, like, there was one point I was negotiating with him earlier in the season. And I was, you know, inquiring about a particular player. But I also asked about Bayard. And he's like, oh, if you're going to want Bayard, I'm going to have to bump up that pick from, like, a fourth or a third to a second. I was like, fuck that. I feel like that's just classic Christian negotiating. The second that you mention a guy, it's like, well, you know, now I got to ask for more. Like, yep. you know, you, you could have been, you could have been asking for like, I don't know, some guy that's got one leg and and two fingers or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's you like, know? you know, I, I want like Rondell Moore, like the wide receiver five on, you know, Arizona. Yeah. Like, like third or something. Yeah. It's like you got Olave, you got Waddle, you got all these other surplus of receivers. Like, the hell are you doing with this guy? So that's right. You know, like I said, I feel like I feel like you could have you could have been asking for the blind wide receiver, and he would have been like, well, you know, if you like that guy, I need an I need an extra like fourth rounder. <laughs> Which I mean, look, hey, full full credit to him. Yeah, no, Christian's honestly Christian's a great he's a great dude. Like he 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 really knows how to like evaluate players, and he really knows how to like really get the max out of the max value out of some players and I, I can't fault him for that you know I think his, his his like pinnacle as GM was when he managed to fucking get a first round pick for like half ass Cam Newton and he was well, able he to was do that back. Mm-hmm. he was back yes <laughs> you know so came on TV yelled he was back it lasted a week got a first <laughs> yep yep Hey, I mean, it got. It, I mean, it helped Jordan win the first round of the playoffs and come to the finals. But yes, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, damn, that was a steep, steep price. Yeah. But. I mean, but we digress. I, yeah, 
I know, because I know, I know all the listeners are all like, oh my God, like, let's hear about Randall Bama no longer being Randall Bama, just decided to fucking blow the whole thing up. So I'll kind of give a bit of a rundown here. And so all you folks who want a little uh, spill the tea, I can spill the tea and I can give a little bit of insight of what was kind of going through my mind before I made the deals. So first things first was um, shout outs to both Mark Wallace and Andrew Perfini. Both of you guys, you had approached me earlier in the season about quarterbacks, Travis Kelsey. You had proposed an offer. At the time, I was still like a seven seed. I was like, you know, like, we'll, we'll see how things go. Let's see how things go in the next couple of weeks. You know, maybe I win my next two games or I win the next whatever amount of games. And, you know, I'm deciding to ride these guys into the sunset and I'm not taking no, no fucking offer. But the fact that, like, you know, both of you shout outs in terms of like playing the seed and just kind of like, hey, just out of curiosity, like, suppose you lose the next two games and you're no longer in the playoffs. You know, here's what I would offer for like a Brady or a Stafford or a Kelsey or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll keep that in mind and we'll see what happens. Like, if I lose, I lose. And like, I got to say, like, this season, like, even though my team, is one of the top scoring offenses in the league. I'm like sixth. I mean, last week I was second or whatever. And I'm like one of the worst in terms of points allowed. Um, it just felt like bad vibes. I think, you know, when I lost the, when I lost the fucking Patrick that week, that was brutal. Like I started both Brady and Stafford. He started zero quarterbacks and somehow I still lost. And I was like, how the fuck does that happen? So I was like, maybe, maybe this is not that kind of year for me. And then, when I was looking at things, I was like, all right, we'll see how things go against my match with Vince. If I win, I'll hold on my, my assets and I'll, I'll write it out. Because I looked at my schedule. I was like, all right, I'm facing Baltimore. I'm facing the Chargers. Yeah, I got a couple difficult matchups with Saad, uh, a.k.a. Vegas. And I got um, Steve with Miami. I was like, I think I can compete. And if I, if I wanted to push, I could at least move picks and whatever, and I could at least um, be competitive. But once I lost to Vince, I was like, yeah. I made the Jacoby Myers trade, as we talked about earlier, to kind of, like, try to keep myself competitive in that matchup. Still ended up losing. And I just kind of thought to myself, I was like, well, I'm going to revisit some of those offers that were brought to my attention. And I thought, hey, you know what? Might as well kind of, like, blow up the core and go from there. And the other thing I wanted to do was there was a reason why I had all those trades happen simultaneously, because I did not want to have a like arms race with particular GMs being like, I'll offer you this and this or whatever. I kind of took an evaluation of like seeing who had what picks. And as we talked about earlier in the pod, like you said, like there's only so many GMs left who actually have assets left to trade that are worth wanting to trade for. So I took that in consideration and I was like, okay, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to, I'll blow the whole thing up. And, um, and then I was talking to Nick about it. Um, I guess some other inside information, I guess. I mean, it's already been publicized in group chat. Yeah, Justin approached me about um, Kelsey as well. And um, he already stated his offer, which was to Herbert, Frymers, and first. And I was like, cool. Not cool enough. <laughs> um, and I just kind of like was going to hold on to it. He gave me some advice. And I was like, cool, I'll think about it. And then um, once I had lost, I was like, all right. I'll, and then I revisited those trades. 
And um, interestingly, like Saad also had made an offer for Kelsey. I won't go into the specifics of the deal, but he also was, he also had an offer. Wasn't as competitive as yours, Pasidi. Um, I had also engaged in conversation with him with Keenan Allen, but Mark came up clutch and decided to offer more draft capital. So I went in that direction. And uh, yeah, it was definitely like, probably like one of the harder trades I've had to make. Like the last time I can remember having a difficult time with this kind of like trading this many like core assets. I mean, the difference is that like these guys are closer to the end of their prime, but I guess because they've been on my roster for Lord knows how long and Brady's been like my favorite fucking NFL player ever. But like the only comparison I can remember thinking of was that like back in the day when I had like, you know, Josh Gordon and Jamal Charles and, and Julio Jones. And I'm like, God damn, I'm like, you know, five and seven, 10th place. The hell am I going to do with this? Then eventually move those guys. You know, because there's a bit of pride being like, hey, you know, like I found Jamal Charles or I believe in Josh Gordon or like, you know, I thought those guys were going to be good and they ended up being good. And so, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, what else do you guys want to know about those so, deals? Because I can certainly spill in some other stuff too. I mean, I definitely talked to other people who were telling me to do it or not do it type of thing. But yeah. Um. I guess, like, before, I do have questions, but I, I, I wanted to kind of dive into, you know, I commend you definitely. Like you said, it's really hard to get rid of guys that you really like or that you've built and, you know what I mean, that have given you certain levels of success, which I, I know a lot of these guys did. Um, you know, your deal with Wallace, like, you're getting a bunch of picks, uh, Wallace is definitely going all in, um, you know, getting Brady and, uh, you know, pairing him with Godwin. And for me, I feel like Keenan Allen, this isn't his year. Um, I, I think that played a huge factor in your team's uh, struggles this year because he just couldn't stay on the field. So that's an elite wide receiver that you're no longer able to play with uh, during the season. And then, uh, yeah, your deal with Profiti, getting, you know, a first uh, McLaurin, who's a young wide receiver out in uh, Washington and, and Pitts. Like, you're getting a lot of uh, value from good young players in return, along with that draft capital for not only this year, but next year to help build your team. Um, I think it's a great move for you. I think it's a great move for Wallace, uh, kind of solidifying – his QB two position along with depth at wide receiver, which now he has tons of, but you know, you can, you can only start two when you have two offensive positions, uh, you know, kind of spoken for and uh, you know, graffiti, you're getting an elite tight end in Kelsey, which I'm, you know, very impressed that you uh, made that move to kind of go all in for, um, so yeah, I think it kind of pushes, you know, Perfidi's team into, you know, obviously the top tier, which he was already there. Uh, I think it also does the same for Wallace's push as he's trying to solidify his playoff position. And then Randall, you know, the Randall Bama era was fun. And, and now it's going to be interesting to see how it is when it's, uh, the Randall retool, the Randall retool, how that's going to hey. look. 
It, it, it doesn't roll off the tongue as nice. I'll stick with the pod father for now. Okay, so, yeah. I'll be the pod father for a bit till you know, till guess, Bama comes. I guess uh, my question is, is that, yeah, you know, Profiti came at you with Kelsey. Um, what made you decide to move him as he's so elite at that position and puts up a lot of numbers and could have still been part of your rebuild? Because it doesn't look like he takes as many unnecessary hits as Gronk did and, and kind of winded his career down. Um, yeah. And then I guess the follow-up to that question would be, you know, I know you mentioned a few people that reached out to Did you reach out to anyone else in regards to Kelsey that maybe never reached out to you about him? So, good question. So, question to answer the first question, in terms of moving Kelsey, um, you know, I think about, like, I've been fortunate in this league that, you know, I've literally had, like, three tight ends that have been on my roster as my starting guys. And even the guys that I've drafted as, like, backups ended up being good. Like, guys like Zach Ertz and whatever, like, they ended up working out. I had Antonio Gates when he retired. I had Aaron Hernandez. And then stuff happened with him. And then I got Travis Kelsey. And I had Zach Ertz. Um, I kept Travis Kelsey. Um, and, you know, one of the things that kind of stood out for me with Travis Kelsey is that, like, you know, if there's any – and, I mean – I was able to talk to a couple of GMs about this, but um, I guess the only risk really is that like, you know, is Travis Kelsey really a football guy? Like maybe he wants to like venture off and do like other shit. Like he wants to host a podcast or he wants to do some other shit. Maybe he decides to retire in a year or two. Do I want, like he could still be at the top of his game and he decides to retire. I mean, yes. I also weighed the fact that like he could be like a Tony Gonzalez where he plays like 38 and still, gives you nine touchdowns and 900 yards and like 80 catches or whatever the fuck Tony Gonzalez had this last season in Atlanta. And that was like still elite numbers. Um, but um, I just kind of figured that with Kelsey that um, I, I mean, I loved it. Like I had called him baby Gronk for fucking forever. Like that's why I drafted him way back, you know, when he was in his sophomore year in the NFL when I drafted him in the DFL in whatever the sixth round or whatever it was, I was like, yeah, it's going to be like the next like big Gronk. Cause like I missed out on Gronk due to like an unfortunate set of circumstances where we had, um, we had um, at that time we had um, position restrictions. So we can hold more than like two tight ends on our roster. Cause at the time I had both Aaron Hernandez and uh, Antonio Gates and I wanted Gronk too. And I couldn't add him. And then Perfidi ended up getting him and that's, the year when Profiti won the championship back in 2011 or whatever it was. But uh, obviously I can't drop either of those guys, but um, that was one of the things that kind of stood out for me. And um, in terms of like an offers, like tight ends a pretty premium position and it's kind of hard to find premium players and Kyle Pitts. Yeah. He's in a really shitty situation right now, but I've done a lot of research with Kyle Pitts and I've been reading things about, like, dude runs, like, two-yard routes on average. Yeah, he's got a bit of a hamstring situation. He's also 22, so there's that. He's also got Mariota, who can't throw the ball for than 30 yards. So I hope that, like, there's a better quarterback that could, you know, tap into his, like, potential. Because we saw what, like, half-duck arm Matt Ryan did, you know. We saw what 
Kyle Pitts did last year, 90 catch season, thousand yards. He had like three or four touchdowns and he was still like tight end seven. And it was, it was like some stupid stat. Like if he had like two or three more touchdowns, he'd have been tight end one, like clear, clear cut tight end one. But it was because of the fact that he just didn't catch those touchdowns. So, and he's really young. So I was like, yep, that seems to make the most sense for me. And Kyle Pitts, yeah, he's still fourth overall pick. Can't, you can't lose sight of that. Um, I don't think he's a bust. I still think he's a freak of nature. And even if he's not what he's all meant to be, I'm sure that, like, there will be other teams in the league that would be willing to take a flyer because it's a tight end position. Because it's like, you know what? I'll take that chance. I mean, if people are willing to take a chance on Friermuth, people are willing to take a chance on, like, you know, these other tight ends that are kind of, like, floating around, then, yeah, I, I, I feel like Pitts will at least have that value. Fortunately, I also got Greg Dulcich just sitting in my, uh, on my bench, too. So, you know, to all your listeners there, yeah, that's right. Now I got two, <laughs> I got two tight end prospects. Deal with that. <laughs> um, as for Keenan Allen, um, I was already like debating on moving him because I, not that I was like, but I was trying to think about your philosophy there, Kyle, in terms of like, you know, these receivers that are getting old. And I was like, you know what? Like looking at my team, I was like, um, if I'm going to make these moves, I got to, so Kelsey was the last piece to move essentially. Brady and Keenan made sense because I was like, okay, these guys, they're older and they'll go to like contending teams. They'll push and it'll make, it'll make for me to like, you know, throw back like T.O. style, get your popcorn ready and just like, just see how, how the playoffs will play out. Um, but then I also realized that like, if I keep Kelsey, my team's not good enough to make the playoffs, but my team's not bad enough to, you know, get a good pick next year. So that was kind of the, that was kind of like the essence of, uh, And Andrew, what about you? Let's hear it. Mm-hmm. Yo, how mean, happy are you? How happy you? Because Justin was pissed. Good. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if only I knew that Speedy was the competitive bidder. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you that. Because he asked. He, when, he made his, Okay, so I'll also say this too. He made his offer, and I said, you know what? There's been another GM in the league who has made a much more compelling offer there's a first-round pick involved. There is a high sophomore-type second-year, third-year kind of player with a lot of upside. And I just left it at that. And he's like, okay. And then that was that. And, um, yeah. Then when he saw the deal went through, he's like, I would have liked to know that it was Profiti that I was competing with. And I was like, you know, I get it. Like, yeah, he's the guy that's chasing you because he's in second. You don't want your, 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 your biggest threat to the championship bolstering their roster would justin have upped his deal offer he says yes i don't know we'll leave that up to the league to decide i don't know if justin would have really pushed as far but uh, well, i mean you know if you listen to that, the that's all speculation he does that's all speculation but uh it, it feels nice knowing that i scooped him twice in one year <laughs> um you know that that, that kind of feels a bit good um <laughs> That said, you might have given me a panic attack, making me wait like a fucking hour before approving it. Oh, the reason why I did that because I yeah. like in retrospect, I understand why now. But like, yeah, man, like I was, I was asking for everybody, and I didn't want to have that. I just wanted to be like clean slate, just 
it's done. I've been negotiating and I just wanted to be all at once because um, I didn't want to be like, I don't want to have a situation where let's say like, I don't know, some random dark horse team comes and it's like, Hey, I see that you made a move to trade Brady. So does that mean Kelsey's on the market or whatever? And it's like, well, I already have like a deal in place with graffiti. I don't want to like go in this kind of like wacky kind of arms race type of situation because like I said, like I like Pitts, I like the first, you know, I like Terry McLaurin. Yeah. He's a little bit older, but at the end of the day, I just really wanted Pitts. And I don't think anybody would have really had that kind of prospect that would have matched. Sure. They could have had like a wide receiver prospect, but it's not the same as a tight end prospect. That's the thing yeah. because of the premium at that position. So uh, that's where, you know, you kind of had the leg up there. And even though, like, I really do love Farmers, so Justin, it's not that I didn't like the guy, okay? It's just I like Pitts more. And don't give me this crap that he's a blocking tight end. He's not, okay? No, he just gets overthrown by about 10 yards by a shitty quarterback right now. (laughs) Exactly. Like I'm willing to wait. Let's put it this way. We've been recording during Thursday Night Football, and, like, normally on Sundays I watch Red Zone and not actual games. So this is like probably the first Atlanta Falcons game I've watched in a year. And watching Pitts get balls thrown thrown at his feet or overthrown or underthrown by like five, ten yards. It's like like and you know, and I and, I'm, and I know that at some point I, I did I did sort of explain this to you, like and I don't know if this was part of your calculus or not when 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 factoring in the trade, but like in addition to the fact that you know, noodle arm Matt Ryan basically had him set the rookie tight end record or, or tie it or very come very close, yeah, yeah. Way, whatever yep. it was. Um, you know, he still receives a 20% ish target share in the Atlanta offense. Yep. Um, granted, Marcus Mariota throws the, like, you know, Marcus Mariota throws the ball 20 times a game, so that's only four targets, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, um, by comparison, Travis Kelsey gets. 20 targets a game because with a similar sort of target share, you have Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball 90 times a game. Yep. You know, or, or whatever it is. But hey, like, maybe, hey, maybe Justin will say Juju's going to steal some of those targets. Maybe he's rolling the dice on that. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to spread some bad Juju, no pun intended there. Actually, pun definitely. I mean, I mean, I, I, after this week and, you know, and, and, and a certain somebody. Um, you know, taking a victory lap about voodoo and shit on the Josh Allen injury. I'm sure he's fucking, you know, <laughs> there, there's candles and human sacrifices or something fucking happening at the Rodriguez house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wishing yeah, injury on someone somewhere, I'm sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, you know, like I said, I've, I I initially, I looked back through our, our text conversations. Um, you know, I, I approached Randall about this uh I, it was like October 25th or 26th. Yeah, it was something really early. You know, it was, it was two or three weeks ago. Um, basically, it was one of those, like, is there any possibility that you would consider doing this kind of a thing? Um, yep. You know, and then um, sort of left it. I said, like, look, like, let me know, you know, over the next few weeks if anything changes. Um, you know, even if the offer that I had on the table wasn't good enough, like, let me know, you know, if you change your mind one way or the other, um, you know, whatever. And then, uh, and then last night you messaged me back. He said, uh, like, is this offer still good? And I said, yeah. And 
you know, Pretty so much. just from there. Yeah. Um, like, I could have been a jackass and been like, hey, by the way, Justin's the competing person. Like, give me more. Yeah. But, you know, like, I mean, you, you said the offer in good faith and stuff. So it's like, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to get into this whole, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's not good for, like, the league in general. Like, I mean, you can try to – of course, you want to max out your value for players. I, I can respect that. But, like, if there's, like, an agreement or, like, informal agreement, because you made the offer and you're like, hey, like, if your team just suddenly just kind of, like, just doesn't go as planned, this offer is available. So I'm like, all right, cool, you know. And, again, like I said, I don't think there would have been a better offer that I could have gotten for Kelsey. I mean, even if I were to get a guy like a Darren Waller or, or, or George Kittle, like those guys have got like the injury concerns. And so, you know, they're different. They've got different problems. Yeah. And then, you know, Kyle's been like another tight end whisperer in our league, you know, getting the guys like Dalton Schultz's, the Robert Tunyon's, the whoever the fuck just plugs in and just gets Tyler Tyler Higby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you've been doing that. So like, you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, fu- funnily enough, as a result of sort of like our ongoing discussions, um, you know, I felt uh, I felt the need to circle back because I had a couple inquiries on pits um, at earlier points in the season. Part of that um, led me to hear about the um, the trade that Christian and um, and Steve made before it was actually happening. Mm. Um, so you know, I think the last thing that um, it, was, it was actually Christian specifically. Um, said on the topic was, um, you know, unfortunately I'm no longer in the market for pits, but I hope both our trades happen um, without actually, you know, um, knowing anything about what I was doing. Um, so, you know, I, I basically sort of wished him the best of luck and we went on our separate ways. Within uh, five minutes, uh, he had that golf trade um, through. And then, uh, and then you know, um, like I said, I, I was – on a call with Max about hockey completely unrelated to this league and sweating it out for half an hour, 45 minutes or whatever, having a panic attack waiting for, uh, Oh, for yeah, waiting for Randall to click accept. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So here's the thing too. Like before, like I actually had, so the Brady deal was actually done first. So the Keenan Allen trade was actually, actually no, the Keenan Allen trade was actually done first, but then Mark kind of like upped up the ante a little bit and was willing to give up more picks and stuff like that. And then, you know, Mark just did his thing, you know, being a dad, just disappeared for an hour. I, yeah. I was like, I like a message of like, Mark, it's I fucked. do not want to, de- I don't want to deal with this shit from like, I, you know, I could have made a good offer on this player or like, you know, whatever. I was like, we've negotiated, we've talked about it. I'm happy with it. It's all good. Just send the offer. Cause I want to like submit all and all at once. Obviously, Andrew, you were like, real quick to send it so it's all good so i was just kind of waiting on mark and then mark's like sorry man i just had to like you know get to put into like eardrops on his kid or something so whatever it was just, yeah he just was doing dad things but um but yeah so i i just didn't want to like get down that rabbit hole because it gets pretty kind of i don't know it gets i don't want to say catty but it gets like just it's not pleasant i find because people just kind of like Cause then I don't want to, the other thing too, that I don't like about this either is like, I know like, and I mean, we can have an open discussion about this. Cause I'm all, I'm kind of curious about this. So like, there's two parts to this. One would be, should I publicly say that this player is available? I know that like, we've had this kind of like 
varying opinion on it. I think it's like, you know what? I'm not of someone who would say that you should kind of do that. You just, you know, you look at rosters and you ask people. I mean, there's other teams in the league that, like, I definitely approached about, like, hey, you know, I could offer this player or whatever. Are you interested? And they're like, no, I'm looking at upgrading other positions. I'm like, all right, cool. Then I just said, okay, fuck off. I'm, I'm done with that. I'm like, not going not gonna to bother. But, like, doing the public announcement kind of thing, I don't know. It's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, one, you get – you're going to get all these, like, low-ball offers because it's almost like everybody knows that you don't want this player anymore. So, That's you know, nice. you're going to – you know, you, you get like this kind of like shitty, like, oh, I'll, you know, you, clearly you don't like Kelsey anymore. So let me give you, uh, I'll, I'll give you, uh, you know, whatever. I'll give you Isaiah. I'll give you like Isaiah Likely the third or some shit like that. I'm like, okay, fuck off. Like, I'm not going to take that. Right. So, so I guess, um, so I'm kind of somewhere, I think, in between. I don't know. Uh, like I, I'm always more a fan of like sort of taking care of your business kind of quietly. Me too. Um, you know, moving, I think. Moving, I, yeah. You know, I, I like I like the idea of you know sort of the uh, the metaphorical lightning strike when you when you finish something. Yep. Um, you know that said, if you're shopping a guy around, I don't think just broadcasting in the league. Uh, in in a group chat that sees a couple hundred messages a day is the best way to go about it anyway. Agreed. Um, I don't think it's effective. I th- like like if there's a guy that you're hell bent on moving off from, um, you know, I think the best way to negotiate and I think the best way to sort of get the best value and extract that best value is if you literally message every single manager separately. Yep. That like listen, like you know. Tom Brady's available or Ken Allen's available or Travis Kelsey's available. Yep. Like, you know, if there's, if there's three or four guys that you're looking to shop, like, I mean, I think um, as, as a precursor to the, the trade that you and I made Randall, I believe I, I went to probably about seven or eight different teams, mm-hmm. um, you know, saying like, listen, like I've got my second rounder this year. I've got my first rounder next year. I got my second rounder next year. I'm willing to move, you know, two of Kirk, McLaurin, and Lockett to yep. try to get it, like to try to get an upgrade somewhere. Or I'm trying to, yep. or I'm willing to move, you know, this, that, or the other. Like, you know, is there anything that we can do here, um, kind yep. of thing? Like, like you know, I think, uh, you know, when Joe Mixon was having his week last week, which was probably the worst time to try to negotiate for Joe Mixon. Anyway, <laughs> Um, you know, I basically just like, I, like I popped in with Jordan and said like, look, if you're planning to move Mixon, just give me a heads up. Let me know. Like, I'd like the chance to try to basically match. Yeah. 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 You know, in the meantime, like just out of curiosity, what are you looking for? And is X, Y, Z something that can like start a conversation? Yeah. So Um, like in the case, yeah. In the case of Justin giving his offer, like you said, it was Herbert, Frymouth and a first. And I saw his draft picks. He does not have a lot of draft capital. So, like, he couldn't have been able to, like, up the ante. And I know he's trying to win a championship. So he's not going to be moving a core player. And it also doesn't fit for me. If I'm, like, going in a retool or rebuild, whatever you want to call it, why would I want to take on, like, you know, a Singletary? Why the fuck would I want to take on a player like that? Or why would I want to take on a player like, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, like one of his core guys, like a Stefan Diggs or something. It just doesn't make sense. Like in a dynasty league, I think it's, a, I think the framework or the mindset's a little bit different 
in that regard. And similar with Brady, like, yeah, you're right. I could have individually messaged like all like 19 other GMs and been like, Hey, Brady's available. But at the same time, to be quite honest, I was like, I don't even know if I want to move Brady. I mean, you guys asked me this before, at the beginning of the season being like, Hey Randall, like, are you ever going to move Brady? Or I was like, I'm going to have his fucking carcass on my roster because I love the guy so much. And yet I still moved him. And simply because I was like, I just felt like just fucking bad vibes. I was like, right. man, like this season has been weird vibes. It's all the way through. I'm like, how's I'm putting up all these points and yet my ass is in like 10th place. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's just one of those seasons. And you just, sometimes you just got to like, you, you fold it in and it's like, okay, do these guys have another year left in them? I don't think so. I mean, I look at Lauer as a good example because yeah, he held his guys. He held on Kamari, he held on Rogers, he held on McCaffrey, he held on Thielen, he held on uh, Hopkins. He kept those guys because he was like, there is still at least a good year left in them. And even if something happened, like those guys next year still got something. Whereas for him, like, I don't know what's going to be like Keenan Allen's value next year. I don't know what um, uh, Brady is going to be doing next year. I mean, the fact that like, in this league, there's already been, like, just rumblings about, like, Josh Palmer is, like, the nice, like, successor to Keenan Allen. I'm like, oh, my God. People are already talking about that. I'm like, yeah, I, I got to, like, kind of figure it a way out. And then I just thought of, like, Kyle's, like, his lovely mantra around, like, don't keep a receiver that's over 28. <laughs> don't, do like, don't do like, it. Don't do it. I was like, shit, Keenan Allen's 30. But I've had Keenan Allen since he was 23, so I got a good seven years out of him, so. Yeah, there you go. You've, you've maximized as much as possible. But to... Yeah, that's probably the other rare thing, too, I would say. Um, but I like... know Nick pointed that out, too, but go ahead. But, yeah, like I guess uh, to go back on, like, how the, the right approach. I, I know that we always said that, and I've, I think I've even said, like, you know, let me know if someone's available. Um, yeah, like, I've, I guess now with the way that the league is and how competitive it is, like – certain players yeah you blast it hey i want to get rid of this guy or hey i'm looking for x y and z positions and that makes sense but if you're making like some specific deals um yeah privately message someone yeah um you know kind of reach out to certain people i think the biggest thing for me is just you know and and kartik did it with me you know he followed up and said, this is the guy that's available. I think that's best pe- practices at the very least mm-hmm. is follow Fair. up with guys that have reached out to you about specific players. Oh, so players. no one reached out. So Andrew is the only one who reached out to me. And then- no, 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 no. And, that, and that's why, right? Like, you know, no, you said that uh, you were talking to Chris and he didn't make a oh, good Chris enough can- offer. Oh, yeah. Chris made an offer late. But, but, like, like, but I'm saying. Like, already had, like, already had a pending deal already with, with, with yeah, like, so- the deal's already good. I was like, it's already a good deal, Mike. I was yeah. like, yeah, your deal's nice, but I already have a better offer. So, like, and- yeah. So, yeah. I guess it's just for, in those instances, it's like you know, reach out to specific people and and kind of go from there. Um, you know, like like Andrew said, you know, you you do your business with specific people behind those closed doors. Um, yeah, sometimes you might not find out certain players are available, but uh, that's why I try to like speak to specific teams and GMs and poke around about certain players and get my, you know, name out there. Some people yeah, yeah, yeah. it works and some people doesn't. Yeah. It takes two to tangle, right? Like you need to have like guys that like you want 
right? Yeah. So, I mean, Kyle, like, you're an expert in this, too, because, like, earlier this season, like, you were trying to corner, like, the whole Carolina, like, running backfield. So, you approached me about Dante Foreman. I was like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll negotiate deals. Like, did anybody else approach me about it? I could have been like, hey, by the way, Kyle made a deal about Dante Foreman for, like, a sixth. You want to do a fifth or a fourth? I could have done that. But, mm. you know, like, I was like, you know what? Like, clearly you have a you, – you're expressing an interest in this player. I don't hear people bitching about being like, oh, my God, I could have made a better offer. Like, sure, you could have made a better offer, but you didn't. Like, yeah. this, is not, this is not some, like, stud guy that's just, like, sitting in my starting lineup. Just like how, um, as you mentioned earlier, when, um, when Andy Dalton got moved with Saad, it was like, yeah, he, you know, Nick had Justin Fields and Patrick Mahomes. So he obviously saw, like, there's no way in hell that he's using Andy Dalton at all. So can you make your, your inquiry and you go from there? Right. And it just depends on what you want. Some people want draft picks. Like we see the Christians and the Kennys of the world who want picks. Then some people want players. I wanted a little bit of both. And, you know, when I, I looked at the other rosters too, it wasn't like, Oh my God, like, you know, I'm like, you know, definitively going to stick with Perfidi's offer. But I was like, okay, if I were to make this deal with X team, this is the player that I would want. And I'm like, are they going to move that player? Probably not because they're competing or they, feel like this is too good of a blue chipper that they're going to want to move. And I mean, Kyle, you and, had, you and I have had those kind of conversations before too. Like, mm. you know, just informally, like, you know, you ask about a player of mine or I ask about a, or I'd be like, yeah, I, you know, if I want this player, but I'm going to want one of these kind of guys to return. You're like, Ooh, kind of steep. And then you're like, okay, cool. At least you know what my asking price is, but like, I, I know you well enough that I know what your asking price is. So I'm like, okay, so you know, or I know where you're going to draw the line. You'd be like, this guy's untouchable or like this guy, I'm not going to move unless I'm getting some crazy deal. Mm-hmm. And again, at the end of the day, it's like, you want, you know, everybody wants to win a trade and it's kind of hard to win a trade. It's just kind of like, you just, you just make the deals when you can, right. You get the players you like players that you want and you hope for the best. It's kind of like how I look at it. But yeah, Brady was like, yeah, I literally was like, I'm not even kidding. Like when I had like Andrew, when he said I was waiting for an hour for, for Mark, I'm not even kidding. I was like sitting on my balcony. I was like, you know, I was like having a drink. I was like, yo, fuck, man, Mark, hurry up. Like, I'm like, and I'm thinking like, oh my God, I'm actually going to do this. I'm actually going to be trading away Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey and Brady all in one like snap. Just like they're gone. Mm. And I'm going to have like all these new fucking players. So that's how it be like- sometimes. What I also will say in defense of those trades, too, is, like, you know, draft capital aside, like, I, I look at your roster, and, and you could just as easily still squeeze you know, in the playoffs. <laughs> well, like, not, like, I mean, maybe not necessarily be in the playoffs, per se, like, this year, but, like, you've still got two quarterbacks. You've got Nick Chubb. You've got Aaron Jones. You know, you've got – you know, you're you're three it's or four selfish. deep at you're three or four deep at receiver options right now. You know, I mean, realistically speaking, like you could probably just like you could play matchups between Dulcich and Pitts even it, it, and until one or the other emerges. Like, you know, I mean, I I don't know what what your team necessarily looks like at the start of the season next season, but like, you know, your team is not going to be an easy out anyway. Thank you. Like, 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 and I feel like, I mean, I take pride in that. I like, I don't like being a team that rolls over. You know, like, sucks ass. 
like they, you know, there, there's teams in this league that are, that are in the process of rebuilding, and it's like it, it might as well be a week off. Trust the process. Uh, like, <laughs> like the you process. know, like, yeah, I mean, even like, you know, all due respect to, to my brother and Max, but like, if I, like, I played Max last week, I didn't even think about the waiver wire because I knew I didn't have to. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you could, have, you could have had your, like, you could have had, um, like, Justin Herbert, like, ruled out with, like, a random fucking injury. And, you know, I, I, I could have had, like, I'm going to win this. I could have had three guys drop dead. As long as they were okay for this week, I would have been fine. Yeah, you wouldn't be like, yeah, oh, awesome. shit, Justin Herbert's out. I got to scramble and make a deal for fucking Jared Goff because I need to win this matchup. You're like, oh, I'm facing Max this week. So. Or, or you know, <laughs> or, or case in point, I mean, you know, we had a deal come through just before we started recording. You know, Case Keenum gets traded from uh, from the, the Browns to the Giants for a fifth. You know, yep. after, after I guess, a decent amount of, of, of griping about pricing for a backup quarterback yesterday. Um, you know, fun conversation. It was, you know, uh, I mean, we we get one a week, right? So you know, um, yeah, not everyone's gonna be happy in the league when deals go down because everyone wanted to, wanted to piece that player. Sure, I know Justin's like he's gonna probably listen to this pod. Yeah, of course he wanted fucking Travis Kelsey. He asked, but he wasn't first, and he didn't have the best offer. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like, more again, you know. he's just more upset that it's you like was the one that was the compete like his competition. Which if it was like me, some other, which I'll be honest, makes me probably more happy than getting. <laughs> I I believe it does. Yeah, you know, you know, I, it, it's it's one thing to go and uh, acquire a, a a truly elite player. It's another thing altogether to know that um, that yeah, somebody else is completely pissed off that you specifically got that guy. Yep, exactly. Exactly. You know. But yeah. Who knows what my team's gonna look like in the next few weeks or whatever. I mean, not saying I'm I'm open for business, but you know, people have, I'm not gonna name names, but GMs of course, like once they saw those trades, they're like, Oh, so is Stafford on the market? So Aaron Jones on the market, is Nick Chubb on the market? I was like, Okay, okay, guys, it's been like, you know, thirty minutes since I made this trade. So please yeah, give it a week, let it marinate yeah, for a bit. Give, yeah, give, give it a week. Give me a day to at least breathe to know, like, I actually did this. Yeah. I mean, and, and for what it's worth, I mean, I don't think now's a great time to trade Aaron Jones anyway, since his health status is kind of up in the air for the next couple of weeks. Ah, fair point. Fair point. Um, you know, just speaking personally, but, you know. Appreciate it, the uh, GM insight. You know, <laughs> in the in the, uh, in the the interest of getting, maximizing your, your – um, return i guess on him i mean tra- trying to get him you know i'm sure teams will be trying to fleece you for a discount while he's hurt so yeah you know they'll be like aj <laughs> dillard did this 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 one this week because aaron jones is a you know a sore hamstring or whatever yeah, yeah. so i'm gonna give you a third instead of whatever yeah yeah so, you know now we've kind of like hash at all these trades now the fun part is now now looking at the standings i figured that this would be a nice time for us to take a look at like the updated standings i know you know profiti Kudos to you again. I'm giving you, I'm throwing more flowers, you know, constantly getting people to submit our rankings and things like that. Is there a team that right now, because we had this conversation, I think, at the first kind of leg of the season. Right now, teams that are like sitting at that like 9, 10, 11, 12 spot. Do you see any of them as buyers? that should be like trying to make a push. 
I'll, I'll give I'll give, so Indy's sitting at eighth at five and four. Buffalo's ninth at four and five. Miami's tenth, four and five. I'm eleventh at four and five, and then the Rams are four and five at twelfth, and then the Chargers are four and five. So and the Titans are four and five. So the Titans, I think it's been kind of clear that they're not buyers. I don't think they've ever been buyers. I don't think they've been traders for that matter. Cardi's already kind of made it clear that he's been a seller, so he's already been selling his assets already. Myself, yeah, I'm a seller in some ways, but also I'm still trying to be competitive. I'm not going to like, like I said, I'm not going to roll over and just be like, yeah, I'm going to just suck for the rest of the season. Like, I'm still going to make things hard for you fuckers as you try to, you know, fight for positioning in the top eight. And then Miami's obviously buying because he's in 10th and he's, we've already seen the moves he made. I mean, what do you think about Barker? Do you think Barker should try to make a move? Like, when you look at his rock, he's got Jacobs, Eckler, Garoppolo, A.J. Brown, Gallup, Komet, and then he's got James Cook at his OP slot. So I feel like he's someone I think should be a buyer. I know Marquise Brown is hurt, and he's got Trey Lance, and I think those are two pieces that he really could do a lot of damage with. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Barker's roster here. I mean, I'd love to see him take a swing. I like, mm-hmm. like I, I, um, at this point, I'm not a hundred percent sure where, where he could find those that one or two pieces. I mean, you know, I think, I think in a perfect world, um, you know, he can get. I, I if I was him, I'd be looking for, um an upgrade on Michael Gallup slash Marquise Brown. Although again, Marquise is done, done for the You're year. telling me he can't, you're telling me he can't find a way to put Trey Lance in a deal to get like Tyree kill from Craig. So my thing is, I don't know if he wants to. Mm. So okay, fair point. I have, yeah, Kyle. I have, I have inside information. Uh, let's go. Let's hear it. So I'm not going to go into details because I like to keep that kind of, yeah, yeah that's you fine. Know, I, whole, I I think he he was entertaining uh, Lance uh, deals. I think yes. you know he got again. I, I can't speak for him, um, but I think that th- there was a, a hold up on one of the deals um, because he was obviously looking for you know specific picks in return. Um, you know, I know that there was a package made, but I believe in one of the packages, his first was, I think, in it. And uh, he's four and five, or at the time, I think he was three and five, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, he was really looking to make a push. Yeah, he would have he been, been three and five. Yeah, yeah, so, week, so, yeah so he was really, he was really looking to make a push, but he was worried that and and with all you know he has that right to worry like you're going to trade your first you know what if the, you continue to lose after making that trade and yeah. now you no longer have that first so i know that the negotiations fizzled out he also sees lance as there's a, a certain value to lance because lance in our definition is a diamond keeper so he has lance as that diamond keeper, along with any other mm. offensive player that he's keeping. Yeah. So there's there's a certain value to that. We're not talking about Matt Corals here. We're not talking like about Jordan Love. 
or Jordan Love, even though the you know the the, the grass. But I mean, might Jordan be... Love. I think. I mean, like I think Jordan Love's played enough games, so he does have the diamond keeper eligibility. Is what I meant. So, so yeah, no, no, but I, but exactly. So he he was he he values him at a certain level, and, and I think that you know yeah. he, he he may he he is looking for the right deal. Uh, he also sees that his team is there, like it's right there, ready to contend. But I don't know if he feels like that. This is that year, and yeah. let's be and let's be completely honest. He has two really good running backs. He has a pretty good wide receiver, decent quarterback play. But look at the teams that have loaded up. Yep. You know those teams are loaded. Are you really beating? And sorry, I'm just going to pull up the the standings as I are was you, looking. like if he if he finishes eighth, is he really being just in the first round? But not even too, like. Not even that, like, you know, like, you know, you're competing against Wallace now. That's five and four, you know, Um, Steve has no other deals. Steve has no other deals in the chamber. He has no picks. I still have his first if anyone's interested. Um, And you know what I mean? He's four and five and he made some moves to get better. So Barker might think, hey, let's chill and wait until next year, possibly to make a move. While I still have my picks and and go from there. Because I think, yeah, Barker's a guy that should make a move. I think even though he'll never make a move, I think Titans should make a move. Um, but those I think are the two teams that are four and five on the outside looking in that I think are the ones that should make minor deals to kind of make a push. But uh, it might be too little, too late. I think that. Yeah, I, I would. That, I think that. I think the the the. I guess the hierarchy is kind of like settled. Like I would say that like who has been like the go getters and who's been like the sit back and watch, and then the sellers. Well, it looks like right now that six playoff spots. I would say Giants, Steelers, Seahawks, Cowboys, Raiders, and Falcons can probably say, uh, barring any, are locked in there. Green Bay, I think. Yeah, as well. But I think that right now, you know, there's really, you know, the seventh and eighth position really being fought for. Um, And Wallace is, I think, with the deals that he made, probably is locking down one of those positions. So now it's all up to Steve to see if he's going to be able to maybe beat Green Bay out of that. But that all remains to be seen. Yep, exactly. And I think, like, and he touched upon this earlier, is that, like, a lot of teams don't have a lot of assets left to trade. So it's, it becomes a lot harder as the season wears on because people have already made their moves. They've kind of like hedged their bets on certain players. And now it's like, Oh shit. If I only had my 2023 first, you know, I could have acquired this player, but it's like, okay, you decided to get another player. So, you know, you didn't realize that, you know, a guy like, uh, I don't know, like a guy like Kelsey or a guy like, um, Who's another big name that was moved around this year? Um, oh God, oh, I can't think of it right away. But like, you know, just some of those guys. You know, the other thing, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at the schedule in Green Bay, like Godwin and stuff too. Were like guys that like you know. I'm looking at the schedule right now, and Green Bay has a a pretty, you know, tough close. Yeah, he has one game maybe two that are going to be uh easy for him and the rest are going to be a little tough mm. and it, you know like what i've also come to see too is that like in our league it truly is any given sunday i've seen some fucking 
besides my own personal experience this season with the bad vibes, but I've seen some matchups. I'm like, holy shit, this team won. Like, you know, you know, like the fact that I'm seeing like Tennessee's got four wins. I mean, yeah, he, he got a couple wins because Carson Wentz was Carson Wentz for that like two weeks in Washington, but like still, regardless, that's still, you know, something. Yeah. You know, I feel, like I feel for the Rams because the Rams have got a good team as well, but they're kind of like, what do I do? You know, so it, it's kind of like this kind of, yeah, it's, it's a weird kind of carousel in terms of who's going to want to buy and who's going to want what players. Right. And again, it takes it takes it takes two teams to tango, right? Like, you know, you could be like, like Kyle, you could be someone to be like, hey, you know what? I really am interested in a guy like. Um, you're interested in a guy like uh, Josh Jacobs or Eckler, but like you know, you're gonna get you're gonna the offer is gonna be like astronomical, and you're like, well, that doesn't make my team better in the short term or it doesn't make me compete this year. Mm. So it's like, okay, cool. Like I could do that, make that deal. Like it's a fair offer, but you're like, Oh shit. The moment I make that deal, I'm no longer competing for a championship. I'm now competing for first round exit, but I'm getting a guy like Eckler or I'm getting a guy like Josh Jacobs in the, in the process. That's where it becomes kind of difficult. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just think it's just a matter of just doing the math. Like, we're, we're, you know, we got five weeks left in the season. I have to believe eight wins is good enough to make the playoffs at eight and six. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if any of the four and five teams, if full disclosure, can go four and one. I don't know what their schedules are off the top of my head. Um, what I will say is based on the actions made by the teams at four and five, Steve certainly believes he can. Well, Steve's uh, facing, Steve's facing chargers, Indy, myself, Rams, Brown. So he's got a pretty good way to close. So, ba- yeah, so he, so he's Steve could sellers, conceivably go for, I sold my players. Steve could conceivably go four and one or five, or even five and oh, if he gets, uh, mm-hmm. if he gets that one, you know, that that one win that he need, you know, like that one oddball win that he probably needs, you know. So um, I guess against Indianapolis probably would be the most useful for him. Um, so you know, I mean, yeah, like like I, again, I get why he thinks he could do it. Um, you know, I, I Vince is the obvious choice, I think, in terms of teams that are currently in the playoffs that could uh, certainly lose out. Or not lose out, but fall out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that without, again, knowing what a schedule looks like. Just more so the... Uh, I, I don't want to say luck, but... Uh, well, he's playing He's playing the Rams. Then he's playing the Browns. Then he's playing the Falcons. Falcons, Panthers, Seahawks. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a tough schedule to close out. So, yeah. So, hypoth- so, but again, though, if he finishes the season, let's say, three and two. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, he'll, be, uh, he'll, be, he'll be nine. He'll be that's nine. a nine and five team that makes the playoffs. Yep. So he but that would be a nine, to, is that a nine and five team that makes the playoffs and gets knocked out in the first round? You know, you know, uh, may like maybe or a nine and five team that makes the playoffs and has like is in that four that's five spot, runs. right? For all we oh, know. Yeah, yeah, it's true, true. You know, yeah, like so I you mean, gotta think of like the tiebreakers and stuff, right? So yeah, like like I mean, like my closing schedule is no 
picnic speaking personally. Like, I mean, I think I've got, like, I know for sure I've got Lauer and I've got you, Kyle, over the course of the end of the season. I think I might have Nick as well. Oh, so you got, you got yourself a doozy. But, hey, you got Travis Kelsey. That's guaranteed. Helpful. Trust me. Helpful. Yeah. Trust me. Trust me. But, yeah. I've had, I've had Kelsey for, like, seven years. You'll know when you get the when you feel what it's like. It's it's different. <laughs> it's different. But, yeah. So like I mean, you know, like different. I've got I've got not the easiest. Uh, you know, I think my schedule's starting to come full circle on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I think have I have a bad bye week next week. I think both Kirk and Lockett are on bye, so that's a bad bye week mm. for me. Uh, or maybe it's week twelve. I forget. It's one of them. Um, so you know that's not going to be too easy. Um, I don't, I mean, thankfully, I think I've banked a bunch of wins, which is nice. Um, yes. at this yeah, point, you're, you're like, you, you don't have like a really high, um, points for, no, like, I've been... for, it, it's, it's like not as high compared to some of the other teams that are like third, fourth or whatever. Like they're within striking distance of your points. No, I've been, I've been skating by, I'll be honest. I like, like, I feel like I, like whatever I've needed, I've been, you know, 15, 20 points better than whoever I've needed to beat any given week. Yeah, but hey, you know what? That was that was you getting by with Derek Carr shit in the bed and Kyle Pitts not getting thrown the ball. Now you don't yeah. have that problem anymore. That's right. Have, yeah. So I mean, one of those know, problems resolved. So, I, I I mean, granted, Derek Carr's outperformed Justin Herbert lately. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know how much that continues or whatever, but uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think we're we're in for for a real treat as a league for the next four or five weeks. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I do want to remind everybody that's listening that our trade deadline is the end of week twelve, which is um, per sleeper the end of the last game, which would be Monday Night Football week twelve. What day um, is that? So unfortunately, it's not a hard timeline. It's it's basically the end of. Oh, the so it's three. It's it's three weeks from now, I guess. Yeah, week three yeah. weeks from now, guys. Three weeks and, from now. NFL week twelve. So you have week ten and week eleven, and then the entirety of week twelve. Um. So yeah, so you know that that takes us to. I don't know how far down the road that is, but you know that that's how far you know. Like I said, three weeks. Um, approximately Thanksgiving, I believe, or the the first the last week of uh, November. Um, and you know that takes us two weeks away from the playoffs. Hopefully things are a bit more clear for, for all parties involved by then. Um, and, you know, in the meantime, I hope everybody, uh, I wish everybody the best of luck uh, moving forward towards the next few weeks towards the playoffs. I look forward to continue being spoiler in terms of, as I have shipped off assets to literally three different teams and um, also look forward to playing spoiler, just fucking up people's, I mean, whoever I'm facing next few weeks. Hopefully, I can uh, put a damper in that. I'd love, I'd love to stick it to somebody when it's like, yeah, you lost to Davis Mills, <laughs> the longest neck in the league. Uh, yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but anyways, boys, it's been fun chatting with you guys tonight. You know, y'all wanted an emergency pod. We stuck it out here on a Thursday night. It's eleven eleven. Make a wish. I know all you're all going to be wishing for a championship, so you don't have to say it out loud, but, you know, it's been fun talking to you guys tonight, as always, and, um, yeah, I look forward to the next pod. I look forward to seeing what the, the league's going to shape up. I presume that our next pod's going to be pretty much like playoff preview, 
because I think at that point, either like seeds will be locked in or um, there will be at least the top five, I think will be pretty much set in stone. It'll be kind of the six, seven, eight guys where we'll get to see a little bit of um, movement, I think. So uh, yeah, I look forward to what we can chat about that. And um, y'all wanted wanted content, you got the content for all the trades that happened in the last like three weeks or so. You ask, you ask and you shall receive. Yep. Appreciate y'all guys listening in. And uh, right now it's just the Podfather. Ain't no Brandle Bama for now. So um, just enjoy it. So uh, good luck to you guys. I know both Kyle, I know you're doing quite well right now. And Andrew, I know you're second. So yeah, you guys, good luck in your matchups this week. Thanks a lot. You too, Randall. You too, Kyle. Thanks, boys. Take care. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Peace.